Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You may be seated. I too want to echo what Brother Heath said. I appreciate all of those that made cakes and that bid on cakes and bought cakes and served cakes and all of the hard work. And I know uh, everybody was a winner. We still try to give away prizes. That's why they were voting. But we thank you for your involvement. And last year, we couldn't do as much of this. The last couple of years, we've been kind of uh, hamstrung, but it was a great day, and I appreciate all of those that were involved. I, I know it's already 5.45, or, and we're uh, looking at a, a, a wore-out church that was here Saturday and Sunday, and I, I just was thinking about something that I probably never, well, I know I've never preached about, and I don't know that I... I know it all. I don't know that I can extrapolate it all. I've read all the accounts of the crucifixion, but I, I would like to turn your attention to one particular account in Luke, the 23rd chapter, and starting at the 33rd verse, and I, I want to try to make us think a little bit, what was, was it that converted one of the thieves on the cross. We know that Jesus was crucified between two thieves. And we, all, we know that one of those became, if you will, his last companion on earth and his first companion in paradise, according to the word of the Lord. Because what the Lord Jesus himself said was today you will be with me in paradise. And so what was it that happened that converted that thief? And so we're going to kind of put our thinking caps on and, and look at that for just a few moments and see how powerful that is, possibly even to all of our lives today. Luke, the 23rd chapter, starting at verse 33, where he says, and when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, they were crucified him, where there they crucified him. And the malefactors or uh, basically uh, bad guys, if you were, um, <clears throat> one on the right hand and the other on the left. And so we know the famous picture of Calvary with one cross and then uh, two on each side, usually a little lower, and those were the malefactors or those bad guys. All right, next verse. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. Now, immediately this sense of that voice, that moment of, I, I can't imagine the pain, the agony, and of course, even that Jesus had experienced even more than that. He was not just crucified. He had been kept awake all night. He had been beaten. He had had a crown of thorns crammed into his skull and head and 
He was in, you know, he was in horrible, horrible physical shape. I've never been beaten with a cat of nine tails. I have never, you know, I've had a few spankings when I was a little child, maybe. I thought I was being beaten with cat of nine tails. But as far as I know, you know, no flesh off the bone, and although it, sometimes it felt like it, you know, but can you imagine being mocked and a robe put on him, and then as the blood begins to coagulate, it ripped off, and the wounds opening up, and the agonies of, you know, the Passion Week. And so here he is now with a nail in each hand and a nail holding his feet up and his words are, Father! What did that do to that thief? I don't know what kind of language they were using. I don't know what they were saying. I don't know what it was that was going through their minds. I don't know what they were malefactors. They were not good guys. Most of the time when we're in pain, you know, oh, my back, don't talk to me right now. Don't say it. Oh, my back, I don't, huh? Leave me alone, I'm hurting. Nobody's ever said that here. But to imagine this guy says, Father, forgive them. Wow. I, maybe the thief at that moment began to recognize what is it about this guy? What is it? You know, soldiers were at his feet. They were casting lots over his garment right here in front of him. I mean, the last possession that he had on earth, he was down, you know, they now had one robe. That's all he's got in his whole repertoire and his whole, he didn't have property, he didn't own a house, he had no money, he had no, he didn't have a coin purse, Judas kept that for the whole group. He's got one garment and imagine seeing people that you don't know and don't like and don't, and they're bartering and playing dice over your stuff. While you're dying, while you feel the pain, you see what they're doing with your stuff. Anybody ever resented people when they, no, not us. But that thief was watching this and his words are, Father, forgive them? Oh, something, something's going on. What it, who is this guy? And, and I don't know, you know, what, what it was. Go ahead. Let, we'll just keep reading. I, I don't. Next verse. He says, 
And the people are standing there beholding him. And the rulers also are watching. And they're saying, oh, we love you. You know, we're so sorry this is happening to you. I'm sorry you're going through this. I know it's rough. Huh? Is that what they were saying? They're deriding him, mocking him, saying things like, you saved others. Let him save himself. I don't know if that struck a chord with the thief when he recognized this guy can save. This guy, they're, they're making fun of him, but they're saying, you saved others. They're, they're testifying of this guy about what he can do. Oh, I wonder if he could save me. I wonder if there's anything he could do for me. I know who I am. I'm a thief. I've broken one of the Ten Commandments. I knew better. I was taught by my mom not to steal. And I've, I've lived my own life. Oh, I've blamed, well, it was my poverty. There was a reason why I stole. There was something I... But you know what the truth of the matter is now? As I'm hanging here, I realize I violated a commandment and I'm getting what I deserve. Amen. But he can save. I don't know if he looked at that moment up above the cross where Pilate had written, King of the Jews. And he thought, Man, this is a king. This is the king of the Jews. And he is asking for forgiveness. He must have a kingdom somewhere. He must, you know, and I, I don't know if those soldiers that were bartering for the garment, you know, one of them had playing dice and trying to, I don't know if one of them made some comment about you know, I don't know why we're doing this to this guy. Pilate wouldn't wash his hands of him. Huh? I don't know if the Roman soldiers were talking around the cross saying, I can't believe it. Pilate said, I find no fault in him. And yet here we are crucifying him. Oh, let's keep going. I just want to show you here. And the soldiers, though, began to mock him. And they came to him and they offered him vinegar, which we know now was a, a way to deaden the pain, a way to sort of ease the pain and the suffering. And, and unfortunately, it wasn't a good thing because you see, the Romans took pleasure out of crucifixion because you could hang there for days and struggle to breathe. It was a slow, painful death. And so they give you a little vinegar. We want you to arouse. We want to see you curse. 
We want to see you struggle. We want to see you fight this. And he says, Father, forgive them. Go on, next verse. There it is. They were mocking him, saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save yourself. Go on. This sign also was written over him in the letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Wow. Go on. One of the malefactors. I don't know, right or left, which were hanging, started railing on him. Because all the attention was being focused where? On the middle guy. And I'm suffering over here too. I'm in my pain, and nobody is paying attention to me. You ever felt like that? In all my pain, nobody even cares. One of the thieves thought, you know what? I'm going to rail a little bit on him. Say, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Go on. But this other thief rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God? He didn't fear God because he was a thief. He knew he was sinning. He stole. He was getting what he deserved. But at the moment he watched what Jesus was doing, He experienced God like never before when he realized this is perfection. He is, doesn't deserve this. They're mocking him and he is not, he's not railing back. He's not cursing them. He's not yelling and screaming. He's simply standing, laying, holding there, saying, Father, forgive them. Go on. He said, we indeed justly. I know who I am. If you want to be converted, I want to tell you the first step in being converted, and I know that was a different dispensation and the Holy Ghost hadn't been outpoured, but the same first step is important, and that's recognizing I need the Lord. And he said, we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. Go on. And he said unto Jesus, here's, he, he says, he calls him Lord. He didn't ask to get down. He didn't ask to go through deliverance. Lord, deliver us. 
Lord, ease my pain. He just said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I don't know when that'll be. I don't know how that'll be. But just don't forget me right here beside you. I, I don't expect that you're going to I don't expect that you're going to do anything special. Just remember who I am. What a privilege we have. He knows how many hair we have. Oh, that ought to convert us. The fact that he knows us. And, and he says, what's amazing is, verse 43, Jesus' first words to him was verily. If you have blueletterbible.com, go to that verse, Luke 23, 43, go boom on verily. And you know what verily means? Amen. Amen. Wow. What a word. So be it. Remember me. So be it. Man, he said, I say unto you, next week, next month, 30 years from now, today, you're going with me to paradise. Oh, I, I, I can't imagine the love, the feeling Later on, we know that John walked up with Mary and Jesus said, Behold thy mother and behold thy son. And here he says, you know, here's a guy who is unable. What are you going to do for Jesus? Are you going to witness for Jesus? Are you going to pass out tracts? Are you going to invite neighbors? Are you going to do anything for Jesus? I can't. I am hanging here almost to die. I can do nothing for him. But he said, Amen. I'll, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I know to get converted you can't do enough you can't do anything for God Amen. after we're converted we want you to live for God and be a witness and do all those things but I don't care if you're at the point of I don't have anything to do no, notice that uh, go ahead next day you'll be with me in paradise and it was about the sixth hour and all of a sudden there was darkness over the earth for three hours until the ninth hour that thief had to hang there and he watched as this complete eclipse of the sun and he heard go ahead next verse as the sun was darkened and the veil and the temple was rent and the next verse this man standing he's with a loud Voices. Jesus said, Father, into thy hands. Well, stop. Read that again. And when Jesus had cried, I don't know if anybody's ever 
seen someone pass away. But it's usually not with a loud voice. After all of that, it's a whisper. Huh? One more breath. Hard to hear anything. Unfortunately, I've heard it so many times. But this man is shocked as with this victorious voice. Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. In other words, he watched as Jesus did not go through that gate of death, barely making it. He strode through it with his head high. He was nailed to a cross, but with a strength that it was unbelievable. He said one more time, Father, I'm putting myself into your hands. How powerful this testimony to the thief. And he gave up the ghost. Next verse. And he heard the centurion testify and glorify God, saying, certainly this was a righteous man. What converted the thief? I don't know. It doesn't tell us. But there is a whole bunch of stuff as he watched a man die that convinced him this has to be. This is real, folks. Just by the way he died, he was totally convinced this guy is the guy. The rest of the story is that after the Romans knew that the Jews get bent out of shape when somebody is left over Sabbath, so they came by with the hammers to break the legs, and he heard as they beat the other malefactor, and he took his last breath, they came to Jesus, they said, he's gone. In his last moment on this earth was he felt another blow on his legs and then he slipped into paradise. Why? Not because of anything he could do. That's why Titus, read, read what it says in Titus, the third chapter, I believe it is just, and I know, after the kindness and the love of uh, God our Savior toward man appeared, after the kindness and love of uh, God our Savior appeared, notice what he says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by, according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's why when we get the Holy Ghost, what a privilege it is. There's nothing we deserve. There's nothing we can pay for. It is a privilege to be able to raise my hands and receive that spirit that got Jesus out of the grave. Which he shed abundantly on us, abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. 
that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope. I have one hope. Let me be with you in your kingdom. I don't have any hope. I, have, I don't have any hope that you're going to touch my family, let me get married, let me have children. I, I'm dying, and I know I'm dying. But my one hope is to be with you. That's the only, you know what? I, I, Jesus suffered through, pardon my French, and if you're online, I apologize, but through hell on earth. And I mean it in the straightest sense. What are you talking about, pastor? How, tor how terrible it is to be tormented and know you're suffering. You know, it's a blessing when somebody slips into a coma in their last moment. Anybody know what I'm talking about? When they're sort of gone, but to be conscious up until the moment of your death. Oh, conscious of what's going on. That's torment. To be in total darkness. The eclipse of the sun lasted three hours. I don't know if you've ever felt like you were in total darkness before. You didn't know which way to turn. It's horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling. What's going to happen? I don't know what's next. I don't know what the doctors are going to say. I don't know what. I mean, I mean I'm blind. I don't know what. Anybody know how bad that feels? Oh, Lord, if I could only know. Here was a thief in total darkness with only one hope. I want to go to paradise. I want to go to your kingdom. I want to tell you, that's enough light. She said, Pastor, I, I, I'm overwhelmed. I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't imagine. And I, I walked in numerous times to Brother Richard, Brother Tracy, others that have gone on to be with the Lord and what was always wonderful was when you'd see loved ones around them and singing and praying saying something encouraging. Can you imagine going through that with people mocking you and taunting you and no comfort, no kindness, no, here, let me treat your wound. I'm sure that hurts. And then for him to have Father forgive them, that was a powerful testimony. You know what? That's hard. I can't imagine that. Oh, you know, most of the time when you're going through your suffering, if you're like me, Lord, <laughs> I get sick, I start, I start repenting. Huh? I start repenting. Lord, 
Forgive me. Forgive my children. Forgive my wife. Forgive, huh? Because I, you know, I can be mean at times, you know. I just know it. I don't know. Y'all may not act that way, but I do. Oh, God, forgive me. Can you imagine when you have no reason to say, Father, forgive me. But you say, Father, forgive all of them. That was a testimony. Oh, I'm sure that thief was thinking, oh, God, forgive me for stealing. I don't know when the first time he was, if he was a little boy. I don't know if he took money from the temple. I don't know where, but I, I can't imagine. But what he was thinking, because he said to the other malefactor, shut up, basically. We're getting what we deserve. He's done nothing. You don't hear him saying, Father, forgive me. You know, and it's public judgment, public ridicule, even to the point that Jesus felt separated from the very love of God when he started singing the 22nd Psalm. Why hast thou... But it wasn't done with bitterness. And it wasn't done with animosity. Oh, if a thief can be converted, how can't I? Let's stand.